Whether it's golf, grandkids, or world travel, retirement offers plenty of choices. You've saved for it. You've earned it. Now enjoy it. Before the big day, make sure you take a look at federal income taxes you're likely to face on several sources of retirement. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall, and this is the show where we blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve is a best-selling author, cookie-cut this, retirement distribution strategies for the nonconformist. He is a fiduciary. He's been helping folks for more than 20 years, president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi, Steve. How are you doing this evening? Very, very well, thank you. Boy, you got me all excited. You know, retirement and travel and kids, and then you talk about taxes. Man, what a downer. <laughs> Yeah, but no, the, but the problem is we got to deal with taxes, though, don't we? I mean, it's every every day is tax day in retirement. It is, and it's only getting worse, unfortunately. And so, you know, I'm under no false pretenses. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that have come to Florida to save on taxes. So the last thing they want to hear is is about taxes, right? But it's very possible that your federal taxes, even if even though you're not paying state income taxes, very possible federal taxes could be going up. You know, who knows about real estate taxes, uh, especially living here in Central Florida with the recent legislation that, that was just passed. So there's always the possibility of, of higher taxes in retirement. And doing little moves today can mitigate that tax bill. And there's still plenty of avenues to save on a tax-free basis, more so than at any point ever. So if you're not taking advantage of those that's a big mistake, and we're going to talk about some of that today. All right, great. And and um, so one of the things that, I mean, we've talked about this many times, Steve, is the, the traditional IRA and the 401k. I mean, that money goes in pre-tax. That's, you know, tax deferred. So at some point, we're going to have to pay that tax when we pull that money out. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and it's great that you're a saver. And so we talk about... Um, federal employees a lot on the show because I work with a lot of federal employees. And many of the people I encounter are phenomenal savers, but they've been plugging money into their TSP pre-tax. And now they've saved, you know, a healthy seven-figure balance, $1 million, $2 million, sometimes even $3 million in pre-tax money. And they're getting ready to retire. They're going to have a pension. They're going to have social security. And some of the folks are, are military as well. So they might even have a military pension as well as a civilian service pension. So they have a lot of income sources already. So they don't really need the money that's in their pre-tax retirement account. But if they let that defer until they're 72, when they have to start taking it out, now all of a sudden they have to start taking out over six figures every single year, and it's going to catapult them into a much higher tax bracket. So knowing that ahead of time, it might make sense to look at maybe making Roth contributions with your new money instead of taking the tax deduction for a traditional contribution. It may even look it may even look to make sense to start doing some type of uh, converting because if that money is not money that you're going to necessarily need to spend in retirement or at least not in the first part of your retirement, you're much better off having it grow tax free in the Roth. Okay, that I mean that makes sense. We've talked about Roth conversions before, Roth contributions, and uh, you know the other thing that's happening with the Roth is a lot of companies are offering that Roth four hundred one k. Are you seeing a lot of that? Yeah, no, they're they're out there. There's a lot of Roth four hundred one ks out there. A lot of people still don't realize that it's available to them, and so um, and they and there's a lot of confusion because you know for mo you know obviously we're talking to people who are 
at or near retirement. And so the conception is, is that, well, I'm at or near retirement, the Roth doesn't benefit me. And that's not necessarily true. Now, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you know you, you need that deduction that you're getting in terms of mitigating your tax bill, then contributing to the pre-tax probably makes sense. But for a lot of people, the, the money that they're putting into their retirement plan is extra money. And it's money that they're probably not going to touch until the second half of their retirement. If that's, if, if that's a, the situation you find yourself in, regardless of your age, it could make sense to, to switch your contributions to Roth. Because if we look at tax brackets right now, and while none of us loves to pay taxes, by historical standards, tax brackets are still pretty low. So, I mean, a married couple can make basically up to $83,000 and stay in a 12% tax bracket. And so the, you know, the, the benefit of the current savings uh, is not that significant. And we know that the current tax law sunsets in 2026, which means it reverts back to the previous tax legislation, which was higher, the brackets were higher. And it's very possible coming out of this pandemic where we've just done a ton of spending that tax rates could go up significantly. And if you've listened to any of the rhetoric from any politician on any side, they never want to they never want to tax the per, the people who are are you know struggling to 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 make it. Sure. But they they want to tax the people who are making who who they call wealthy. And everyone has a different attitude as to what wealth means, right? Sure. Or what wealth is. Sure. But you know, if you're making say $150,000 between your pension and social security and, you know, dividends from your investment portfolio. And, and then you throw on a six figure minimum distribution, guess what? You're going to be probably in a pretty high tax bracket. And so even in retirement. And then the other thing is that, oh, by the way, Medicare is means tested. So now you, you, you know, you get to 72, say goodbye to that lower Medicare premium for part B, because you're going to be paying a higher premium because you have, you have, you know, increased, increased income. So a pinch of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So that's what we want to do. And that's what the planning process allows you to do. Sure. Well, and again, we're talking about taxes and and we're talking about how to perhaps mitigate them. And you mentioned Social Security. I mean, the the bottom line is Social Security is going to be taxed, uh, whether you believe it or not. (laughs) That's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. For most people, they're going to pay uh, 85% of their Social Security is going to count towards their taxable income. Now, the benefit of living in a state like Florida is you're not going to have state income taxes on that. You're not going to have state income taxes on anything. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So, but for having to pay federal tax on your Social Security, that's again, if you have significant income, that can be money that's not, I won't say it's wasted, but it's money that you would rather not give to the government. Right. right. So if there's a way around giving that to the government, why not do the planning and, and, and try and avoid that? Well, yeah. The other mistake people make, and this is one of the things that we're going to look at in a plan, is that they own their most aggressive assets in their pre-tax IRAs. And they think, well, it's tax deferred. So if it grows, well, if I own a NASDAQ fund, right, in my 401k, and it goes up at, say, 15% a year, and now in four years, it's more than doubled. All of that growth, I'm eventually going to have to pay income tax on. Whereas if I owned that same NASDAQ fund in a brokerage account, it would be taxed as long-term capital gains and it would be a flat tax. So it wouldn't catapult me into a higher income tax bracket, number one. Number two, if I pass away and I never spend that money, 
if I own it in a brokerage account, my beneficiaries get something called the step up on death where they don't pay any taxes. Whereas in the IRA or in the pre-tax account, they're eventually going to have to liquidate that within 10 years of my passing and, and pay income taxes on it. So we talk about it being a different skill set for planning for retirement distribution. These are the little nuances that someone who's looking at your portfolio from a distribution vantage point is going to be able to point out to you. And this is why it's so critical to do a plan. And we offer our listeners every week an opportunity to sit down with us. We free up 15 spots. Uh, we'll take you through your retirement. You'll, we'll have you paint us a picture of what you want it to look like. And we're going to show you, all right, here's the best way to position your assets. And if you do this, this is how much you, you're potentially going to save in taxes. And it really gives you a lot of peace of mind. And like I said, we have 15 spots and we love to hear from our listeners. 800-705-9995. You heard Steve, 15 callers right now. Get that comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are right now. But more importantly, you'll walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. Now, there's no cost. There's no obligation. Just make the call. 800-705-9995. 800 705 9995. The U.S. Senate is expected to vote soon on what's being called Secure Act 2.0. The original Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Act was passed in 2019 and brought many changes to retirement planning. So what's in 2.0? Details when we come right back. We're back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve, of course, is a fiduciary independent, been helping folks for more than 20 years, president, founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions. He is a, uh, a sought-after speaker uh, to train other advisors about how to handle the distribution preservation part of retirement. Steve, that really is a, that's kind of your, your bailiwick, for lack of a better word. Yeah, no, I mean, this is, this is all I do is retirement distribution planning. I love teaching. I love uh working with clients. I, I, I love, you know, taking a part and helping a client get to and through retirement. And, you know, as a, as a client, I'm meeting with my clients on a regular basis. And as their life changes, we're re we're rerunning plans. And, uh, and, you know, you, you, you feel really good at the end of the day when you help someone, you know, get to the lifestyle that they've, they've always kind of wanted to get to in retirement. So, sure. um, you know, it's really a rewarding job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and uh, folks seem to like uh, working with you. 800-705-9995 if you'd like to be among them. And because you've had clients. Now, you've been doing this over 20 years. You've got clients pretty much from the beginning, right? Yeah. No, and I, like I said, I've been, I'm kind of a, a dinosaur in this in, in this area because I've been doing it. I've been focused entirely on retirement distribution planning since 2002. Now, I've been in the, the industry a, a few years longer than that, but um, 20 years of just specializing in retirement distribution planning. So all of my clients uh, are, you know, within three to five years of retirement or in retirement okay. currently. Sure. And so when I first started, I used to, when I would do classes or, or workshops, I would, I would say my average client can tell you where they were when Kennedy was shot. But now people, people who were <laughs> born, born when Kennedy was shot is, are, are, are approaching retirement. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, before you know it, I'll be saying, you know, can tell you where they were on 9-11, but. Um, well, let's not go know, too far then, ahead of ourselves. Steve, yeah, Jesus yeah, makes no. me feel real old then. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. But, uh, you know, so that's, but, but that's, um, that's how long I've been doing sure. it. And, well, that makes and, sense. And so you've seen the ups and downs and the weirdness in the market and, and you've lived through all that and you've helped people get to retirement through all of that. 
Right. And I've seen, I've seen, you know, retirement change in, in general, right? The types of plans that are available. Um, and, you know, this Secure Act 2.0 is just another one of these changes. Right. And, um, and uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting that uh, the first Secure Act was bipartisan. This one, the Secure Act 2.0, passed the House by a vote of 414 to 5. So, I mean, that the last time there was that much uh, bipartisanship in Congress was when Secure Act, the, the first one uh, was passed. Yeah, no, and there's... Um... There's some good things in this. Yeah, it and seems so, like there's a lot of good things in this. Let's start uh, with the with the RMDs. Yeah. So what the original Secure Act did, and so and there, and I'm I'm always surprised that a lot of people aren't aware of this. Um, is it raised the minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72? Mm-hmm. So I still meet with people that will say, "Oh, don't I have to start? I'm going to be 70 soon. Don't I have to start taking out minimum distributions?" No, it, it got raised to 72. Secure Act 2.0 would raise the age again, this time to age 75, but it would be kind of phased in over a decade. So that means you could have more time to keep your money in your pre-tax retirement accounts uh, and delay your RMD. However, the government is not stupid, right? (laughs) If you delay your RMDs and it's still the same life expectancy table, so you're gonna have to take out a bigger percentage of a, a much bigger amount, which could again, Going back to what we said in the in the first segment, that could put you into a higher bracket, which means you pay a higher percentage of tax, which meaning the government is taking a bigger cut of the dollars that you are ultimately going to be withdrawing. Well, let's avoid and that. So, <laughs> yeah. And so um, the age of RMDs would initially uh, increase to 70, 73 starting uh, January of next year, then 74 on January 1 of 2030. And then 75 on January 1 of 2033. Um, so yes, it's it's a good thing if you want to continue delaying paying the taxes, um, but realize you could actually end up spending or giving the government more in actual tax dollars, um, even though it you know you don't have to pay it right away. I don't remember you talking before about RMD penalties and how harsh they were. Now they're going to do some changes there too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And so currently, if you fail to take your RMD, which believe it or not does happen, um, uh, you know, you would think because most institutions where you have an IRA are going to send you out probably four or five notices if they ha- if you haven't taken your RMD yet, say, hey, you know, you're required to take this money out. Um, but if you fail to take it out, the, sh- the shortfall is hit with a 50% penalty. 50%? That's a 50% excise tax. Um, that's one of the harshest penalties that you can face from Uncle Sam. However, under Secure Act 2.0, it would be reduced to 25%. And the mistake, if the mistake, if you correct it right away, um, the penalty would be reduced uh, further to 10%. So All right. well, uh, like that's, that. that's really good news. That really is good news. And so I, I'll be curious to get your take on the auto enrollment in retirement savings plan. So if you start a new job with a company, you, they're going to automatically enroll you in the 401k. And, and let's talk about that. Yeah. So some people like this, some people don't. So, I mean, um, you know, if you are someone who is not a saver historically, uh, I think it's good to, and that's what I think the goal of the government is, is to get everyone into a savings mindset. Um, you know, the problem with that is that if you're basically living on whatever your net paycheck is, even losing a, you know, a little bit of money to the 401k um, is, can be problematic. And 
So one of the things I worry about with this this particular piece of the legislation is that it could cause some people to unnecessarily start to incur credit card debt because they don't have enough money left in their paycheck. But what the Secure, the Secure Act 2.0 does is it requires employers to automatically enroll their, their workers into the 401k at a savings rate of 3% of salary. Mm-hmm. You can opt out of it or opt to save less or even more up to uh, annual contribution limits, obviously, which is uh, 20500 mm-hmm. um, 27000 if you're over 50. And enrolled workers' contribution rates would automatically increase by 1% a year until your contribution reaches 10%. And so it's good to save and it's it's good to increase your savings every year. And this is one of those pieces of the legislation that's very well intended, but I could see it potentially causing uh, a problem because usually the people who are, are not great savers are also usually not the most organized people in the world. Um, they tend to they tend to sign up for things like online and then not cancel them. They'll, they'll get 90 days free. And then all of a sudden they, they let it hit their card for, you know, right, for right. 20, 20 months before they cancel it. And so <laughs> I could see a situation where now, you know, two years in, someone's contributing 5% of their, their paycheck and they're, they're wondering why they're, they don't have enough to live on and they're, they're running up credit card debt. And I, I could see it having a collateral effect that might not be the most positive. But I think overall, for, for most people, this is a good thing. Sure. And the government sees the writing on the wall and this is how you should interpret this. And this is why it's so critical to do a plan. And I think we still have about eight spots left, but you should interpret this as, hey, if the government is, is telling you you need to save, they're basically telling you, hey, look, if you're younger, Social security is not going to be there for you, or we're going to want to cut social security at some point or reduce the benefits at some point. And so we want to start pushing people into saving on their own. And so that's why it's so critical to, to have a plan and to really, to really look at what the right strategy is for you. And that's the peace of mind that we give all of our listeners every week. We give them an opportunity to call in. We'd love to hear from you. 800-705-9995. It's a comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but you will find you now have a roadmap that can truly help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. More on the Secure Act 2.0 when we come right back. We're back, folks. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sudol. Uh, Steve, of course, best-selling author. He's president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions and uh, so much more. Um, so, Steve, we're kind of in the middle of this conversation about Secure Act 2.0, and uh, it looks like it's going to I mean, be in, it's been introduced in the Senate, but it has not yet passed the Senate, so keep that in mind. And and But I also, from what I've read, Steve, and see if you agree with me that um, the Senate version is going to be very much like the uh, the House version, so there aren't really a lot of changes, and we do expect this thing to pass sometime fairly soon. Yeah, you can always tell if something is going to pass the Senate by the amount that it passes the House. I mean, when it passes the House that overwhelmingly, it's right. very unlikely that it won't pass the Senate. Right. And so um, there will be some probably, you know, some changes and probably someone's going to try and throw some pork for their own state into the, <laughs> into the bill. But of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that's just, unfortunately the world we live in, but, um, let's, 
there's there's a lot to like in this bill and okay. so well that's um, good to hear and again i mean i think i think shakira act the the original there was there was some you know, mixed feelings about it. But let's talk about the uh, employer matching funds for student loan payments. Now, tell me how that works. And and do you think that's a good thing? Right. So if you understand how your 401k match works, so like traditionally an employer will match a participant's contribution to their retirement account. So they'll say, you know, if you contribute up to 3%, we'll match you. Well, some some workers may be unable to fund their retirement account because they're prioritizing paying down their student loans. And yeah, the student loans is kind of a, a hot button issue, um, you know, around the country and uh, on both sides really of the aisle. Um, I think student loans is, is you know, doing something to help people with their student debt is, is gaining traction. So the proposed legislation would allow employers to make matching contributions to a worker's retirement account based on the worker's own student loan payments. So this is apply to 401k plans, 403b plans, simple IRAs, and 457 plans. So it's basically, you know, so say you're you're contributing, uh, you know, two hundred dollars a month to a student loan payment. That employer can then put a corresponding two hundred dollars into your 401k plan. So you're not you're not foregoing your your ability to to fund your retirement mm-hmm. by um, making the student loan payments. That's, I mean, that seems like a pretty good thing. And and I think with the amount of student loan debt out there, it's it's a it's a really good thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the thing is with the SECURE Act, we're, we're kind of pawing through this thing. There's a lot to dig into. Um, but we heard for, we're going to hear from uh, Bernadette Geis. Uh, she is the solutions leader at PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, U.S. Asset and Wealth Management Trust. Basically, this is her take on the state of retirement in America today. We have roughly 45 million Americans that are going to retire in the next 10 years. And the median savings is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars which would equate to $1,000 a month over a 15-year period. So with life expectancies being well beyond 15 years and the you know, rising cost of health care and other retirement needs, $1,000 a month simply isn't going to be sufficient. Sure. I mean, that's not that's not a secret, Stephen. So the SECURE Act 2.0 is uh, this version of it. So we, we've already talked about, uh, you know, to longer to take RMDs. They've reduced the penalty, the automatic enrollment. And now they're, they're talking really, if this gets down to the nitty gritty, with the bigger catch-up contributions. That can make a big difference. Right. And this is the whole, I mean, if you haven't got the sense from, from both this segment and the last segment, the whole gist of this this act, the SECURE Act in general, is to try and get and try and encourage more saving. And when you when you save more, you become financially independent. It's so the easiest kind of analogy to make is, you know, if, if you have children and, you know, the reason you 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 encourage them to go to college and and, and get an education is so that they can get get a job and become financially independent. And what the government is doing is they're trying to encourage people to save and have retirement assets so that people aren't just reliant on social security thereby being reliant on the government for um you know for for medicare and for social security. Uh for a lot of people that's their only health coverage is is medicare and their only income is social security and the government wants people to have 
savings. And sure. so bigger ketchup contributions are really for the, you know, obviously the ketchup contributions are people over 50, but it's really for the people um, who uh, maybe you had children who were, you were paying for their schooling and now they're out of the, you're an empty nester and they're out of the house and hopefully they're, they're not living on your couch and they're, they're, they're out uh, with their own place and financially independent. So now maybe you have a little bit extra money. Um, you can actually contribute more to your retirement plan. So for 2022, workers can contribute $6,500 extra. So that brings you up from $20,500 to $27,000 um, that you can contribute into your 401k or Roth 401k or 403b. Um, you know, and so that that can be that can help jumpstart your retirement. And sure. then if you have a simple IRA, um, you can add $3,000. Uh, extra into that. So under Secure Act 2.0, workers who are 62, 63, or 64 would be able to contribute even more to these accounts. So it's almost like a super catch up if you're 62, between 62 and 65, right? 62, 63, 64. Sure. Um, for 401k and 403b plans, employees would be able to contribute up to $10,000 in catch up contributions, and simple IRAs could do $5,000. So uh, and those those two uh, limits would be indexed to inflation each year. So if we're getting seven percent inflation, um, you'd be actually able to contribute ten thousand seven hundred. Nice. Um, the the proposal calls for catch up limits for IRA owners who are fifty to also be uh, indexed to inflation. Okay. So since two thousand six, the annual increase in the the catch up amount has been limited to a thousand dollars. So this could actually increase what catch-up contributions are, are growing at, number one. And it's a huge advantage if you're 62 and planning to go out at 65, being able to make that $10,000 catch-up, um, now you're, you're putting away $30,000 potentially for those last three years that you're working. Um, and that could be significant. That could be really significant because now you've, you've jump-started your retirement and say you put that into a Roth 401k, now you have $90,000 of tax-free assets that could be growing for, uh, for you later in retirement, which is, a, I, I think, a pretty significant advantage. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Before we run out of time, let's talk Roth contributions. Yes. Those, so, are, those are changing as well, which is a good thing in this case. Yes. So currently, simple and SEP IRAs are not allowed to accept Roth contributions. Secure Act 2.0 changes that, which is really good news for self-employed individuals. Really understanding what, what type of contribution makes sense for you is it, you really want to be able to look at your individual numbers, which is why planning is so critical. And this is a, the type of roadmap and the peace of mind that we give you in our plans is we're going to show you, all right, here's, here's if you do nothing, here's what your taxes are going to look like. If you make this course correction here, you, you contribute this much to Roth as opposed to traditional, here's what your tax bill will look like. And so that peace of mind, I, I think is, it, you know, it gives you a lot of clarity and it gives you a much better understanding of why you're, con you're contributing to where you're contributing. And that's that's the peace of mind we offer our listeners every week. We have about four spots left. Sounds great, Steve. Folks, take advantage of it. Don't miss this opportunity. Call right away, 800-705-9995. Grab those last few spots on the calendar. Get that comprehensive financial review. See where you are today, but find out that you now have a roadmap, a plan that can help get you to where you need to be. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we 
come back, questions from listeners. That and more right after this. Back on the retirement referee with Steve Caruso, having a great conversation today. Steve, uh, the you know the the Secure Act 2.0. We we have you know two segments dedicated to that, and there really is a lot to it. And and so we're just going to rely on you, Steve, to make sure that you keep us up to date on the latest things going on. And I know that's one of the things that you pride yourself on. No, it is, and it's it's important because uh, so if you ever go into my office, you see there's a, a poster. And I have a, it's an old camel cigarette ad. Okay. And it, it says more doctors recommend camels than any other cigarette. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, the point of that poster in my office is that if you're not keeping pace with the current changes in what's going on, your advice becomes outdated or stale. And, and we see that so often, whether it be, you know, with like a, a Susie Orman or, you know, they're giving advice that, that is not relevant to what's going on in, in, in today's world. But so, it sells books, um, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, and that's, that, that's why it's so important to stay abreast of tax law changes and, and find the best strategy for you right now at this moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that, that is something that, that you do, obviously, and, and work with people. And um, so as we go through this, pro- as you go through that process, are, are you having to do anything majorly different right now with inflation and the market? Are, or, are, or is this something that you've lived through before and you're helping folks just sort of get through it? So I, I've lived through market volatility, obviously, sure. before. Um, several times. I was going to say once know, or twice. Yeah. See, see, significantly worse than what we're we've been experiencing this year. But the what's new is inflation, right? And so I've always been projecting inflation at a higher percentage because I'm kind of an inflation nerd. And the last time we had 20 years of really low inflation, like the 20 years we just had, was between 1948 and 1968, and that was followed oh, by the 70s. Yeah. Well, and so what happened then? Right. And inflation averaged seven and a half percent in the 70s. Now, I don't think we're going to have that this time around, but I've always projected kind of a higher inflation into my uh, into my plans. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how how much of this inflation is transitory, meaning how much once we get through supply chain disruptions and um, hopefully at some point COVID becomes a thing of the past and and, you know, do we settle in at a, a high, you know, a higher inflation rate than what we're used to, but probably not um, seven or eight percent? So, um, you know, but that inflation is definitely kind of a newer, a newer challenge because it's been so long since we've had high inflation. Well, I think a lot of folks who've been working for the last 10, 15, even 20 years have not had to really deal with inflation. And boy, you go to the grocery store and it slaps you in the face. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Last Sunday after the show, I went to the grocery store, mm-hmm. and you know, I pasta is normally like four boxes for five dollars, something like that. Yeah, and sure. it was it was two ninety seven for a box of pasta. Not like a high end. It wasn't like a high end organic or sure. or, or, or spinach or something. Some kind of it was just regular plain old Barilla, and it was <laughs> it was uh, two ninety seven a box at the grocery store. Wow. And I, I did a double take because I was like. Wow, that's gotten a lot more expensive in such a short time. It really but, has. And I think people are feeling that. So it's not just at the pump. 
um, you definitely you definitely feel it when you see the grocery bill. Sure, absolutely. 800-705-9995. All right, let's jump into a couple of these questions, Steve. We still have some time here. Michael is up first. Uh, he says, my father passed away last month and left his traditional IRA to me and my brother. I work full time, plan to retire in five years. Now, my brother retired last year. What are the payout options for this money? First off, Michael, condolences on your father's passing. And there are a couple of different options. So, and what's right for your brother may not be right for you. So when, it, when you inherit a traditional IRA, you're eventually going to need to pay taxes on that. Now you can roll that money in to a beneficiary IRA and you can distribute it at any point in the next 10 years. The rule is you need to have the account liquidated within 10 years of your father's passing. Now, for you where you're still working, if you take out money now, it's going to be at your current income tax bracket, which is most likely higher than in five years when you retire, depending on your pension and other, you know, obviously we would have to do that in the context of a plan, but um, for most people, they're gonna be in a slightly lower tax bracket initially uh, in retirement. Your brother retired last year, so maybe, uh, maybe if his income is lower this year, maybe he wants to take a big lump sum out and pay the taxes on it. Um, so you can basically, you could take it all at once uh, or you could roll it into a beneficiary IRA. Um, if you do roll it into the beneficiary IRA, it still needs to be liquidated within 10 years. All right. Well, good. I mean, because those are, I mean, that's that's new rules too, is exactly with the whole stretch IRA thing. Yeah, no, I, yeah. You used to be able to, uh, if, they, if they passed away prior to 2020, you used to be able to, um, stretch it out over your own life expectancy and basically keep that IRA growing, um, you know, in, in perpetuity, but, sure. uh, that now, now you cannot do that. All right. 800-705-9995, Michael, if you'd like to learn a little bit more, uh, we got time for another one. Let's go to Jennifer. Jennifer says, uh, I'm 64 and was forced into early retirement because of COVID-19. I was planning to work until my full retirement age and my plan was in place to get me there. How can I readjust my plan to make sure I've got what I need going through retirement? That's exactly what you do, Steve. Jennifer, that's exactly what we do. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to look at your numbers and we're going to show you. So anyone can retire at any age. It's about the trade-offs that you make to get there, right? So you probably had a certain number in mind, uh, or maybe you did some planning and you, you, you had a... Uh, a specific spending amount that you knew you were going to need. Um, when you retire early, you have to see, all right, well, how much can my income and assets support? And so what we can show you in our plan is what your income and assets will support based off of you retiring now and based on the assets that you have and the income streams that you have right now. And so what that does is it gives you peace of mind and it, you might you might say, all right, it's it's uh, not attainable, or you might say, all right, yo, this it's only impacted my spending this much. Um, I can make that work, and so you know that's that's uh, what what you your trade offs or the levers you can pull is you can either take more investment risk to have you know to try and get a better return. You could spend less, which you know is for a lot of people works. Uh, for some, it doesn't. You could spend more consistently, right? Meaning that you're not inflating your expenses as much into retirement. And so um, all of these things are, are options that you could, you, you know, you can kind of 
tweak with to to try and get to where you need to be um, under your new reality. So you always want to plan for the reality that that you have, not the reality you wish you had. And so um, at 64 to say, all right, I'm going to go back to work, probably not the most likely scenario in the world. And I don't know if you were forced into because your company had to make cutbacks or if it was because you had health issues, which, um, you know, again, if we were doing planning, um, you know, those are two different sets of circumstances entirely. So sure. um, definitely encourage you to call call in and, and set up a time to uh, put together a plan. Well, and folks, uh, in fact, why don't we invite the, everybody to give us a call right now, last time today? Yeah, no, we still have two spots left, so we would love to hear from you. And um, we love we love all the all the thoughtful questions that we get in into our inbox every week. And uh, thanks for having them pour in. Thanks for listening. And um, we'll be back here again next week. That sounds great, Steve. Uh, and again, I want to remind everybody of the phone number, 800-705-9995. Go ahead and make that call. Grab those last couple of spots on the calendar. And uh, as Steve said, we're going to be back again next week. Um, and we'll have another great show. Steve, uh, what do you think? Love today's show. Love digging into the and unpacking the new tax law changes. That's always, that's always fun. And uh, we'll have more great stuff next week. Information on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Crusoe offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.